Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. And we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen and amen. I'm breaking the church, PC. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, y'all. So I'm excited, like I mentioned, to, to bring the word. Um, and I want to start by asking a question, okay? And it's a question that you may have heard before. All right? What do you want to be when you grow up? I know we have young people in this place. We may have some not-so-young people in this place. But we've all heard that question, right? What do you want to be when you grow up? All right? Some of you guys, we had anxiety when we hear that, that word that, or that question. Because it's like, man, I don't know what I want to do. What do you want to be when you grow up? All right? But look, this is such a strange question. What do you want to be? And we tie that somehow to an occupation. I remember when I was a kid, I, my, my parents, they're right there, and I want to honor them, and I thank them. Um, I wanted to be a, a pastor when I grew up. <laughs> Go figure. I was like, and I, I had a suit. And I, I would have a, man, I wanted to be a pastor when I grew up. That's funny. But I don't know what, what, and then I grew up, I got a little older, I wanted to be an NBA player, all right? And then I started playing for real, and I realized I wasn't that good. So, you know, it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, might, have a ch- I might have a chance to be a, <laughs> um, but we hear that question, right? And we hear, and we, and we answer, what do you want to do? But the question is not, who do you want to be when you grow up? It's, who do, you, who do you want to be? Not what you want to do, but the person you want to be. When somebody asks you that question, don't, don't get tied down to an occupation or a task, but it's who do you want to be? And that's the important question that we need to ask ourselves. Who do you want to be 5, 10, 20 years from now? Not what. We're a little bit too focused on the what. What you want to do. Who do you want to be? And today, Numa, I want to ask you guys. Who does God want us to be? All right? On this Vision Sunday, as we celebrate six years, who does God want us to be? All right? And I'm going to answer this question. And this is the whole preaching right here, and I'm going to give it to you guys. God wants us to be the church. The church. Some of you guys are like, all right, Andres, are you serious? That's what you're going to tell me? Bro, I know. I don't think we understand this. Let's go to this verse. It's in 1 Peter 2.9. And it says... But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I don't know about you, but that's who I want to be. I want to be a chosen people. I want to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I want to be God's 
chosen and special possession. That's what we are as a church. And some of us may get this twisted. All right, this is one, the first thing I want to break down. We are a people. We are not a building. In the Bible, you never see the church as a place. You always see it as a people. So when you might say, oh, I'm not going to go to church today. Oh, maybe I don't want to be a part of a church. I know some of us have, have thought that. Some of us are still struggling with that. But let me tell you, if you have believed in Jesus Christ, you are part of the church of God. You are God's chosen people. You are his special possession. And you cannot avoid that. You are the church. And that is who God wants you to be. And now we can go home. Just <laughs> we are the church. We are not a, we are not a building. This building is just a place where we gather. We are a family. We have been brought into the family of God. Remember that. Next time you want to say, oh, I, want to go, I don't want to go to church, or I don't, I don't feel like being a part of a church. If you ever struggle, I know that maybe some of you, maybe watching online, you may be struggling with joining a church. Maybe you're watching a recording of this. You are the church. We have been hurt by the church in the past. Organized religion has hurt many people. But God wants to restore. God wants to heal us, and he wants us to be a part of his family. Can we, can we give God a praise? Thank you, God. So we are not a place, but a people. And what do we look like? We are diverse if you look in this place, everybody in here looks different. There's different backgrounds in here, different ethnicities in here. Some of you guys may not even understand what I'm saying because you don't speak, Eng you don't speak English. And that's okay. You, you're not laughing because you don't know. But it's okay. Because the church is meant to be diverse. The church is meant to have every single language, every single color. You're a diverse people. We are a multi-generational. That means that the Holy Spirit is not confined to you when you become an adult. As PC was preaching, the Holy Spirit was moving John in the womb. He knew who Jesus was in the womb. So if you're here and you're young and you're like, I can't do anything. Or here, maybe you, you have a child or, or, a, or a young person in your home and you're like, they're lost. They don't know what they're doing. Oh, they're young. They're, they're enjoying their life. They're, no, that's a lie. They can experience the fullness of God. It doesn't matter how old they are. And see, I mentioned I, I wanted to be a, a pastor when I grew up. But the truth is, I distanced myself from God. I didn't want anything to do with God in, in my teenage years. I was just rebelling. I was like, God is boring. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to be in this place. But guess what? God had different plans. And I believe the same thing for your children and your generations. And if you're a young person in this place, God has a plan for you. 
So keep praying for those young people. Keep praying for your children. So how, do, how are we supposed to look as a church? I mentioned multi-generational. We just went off essentials. This is actually the close of Essentials 2022. What a crazy month it's been. Thank you for praying for the young people of this church because God is moving. God is moving. Young people, I've, I've seen young people this month baptized. Young people this month making a decision for Jesus Christ. Choosing to follow him. So God is good. So I said God wants us to be the church, right? But what does a church look like? And this is what I want to talk about today. So the title of this preaching is called The Three Elements of a Thriving Church. Okay? And if you're taking notes, you can take some now. It's just three elements of the thriving church. So on, on Vision Sunday, sixth anniversary of NUMA, what do we want to be? What do we want to look like? As a people, remember, not as a building. You see, I think we find some insight into what we should look like in the Bible. And I think we, if we look into it, we'll see it very clearly. And that's what I want to talk about today. And, I, and the, 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 the passage I want to go to and base this message off is on Acts chapter 2, verse 41 to 47. If you guys want to go in your own Bibles. So, the three elements of a thriving church. What does it mean to thrive? To thrive is to grow healthily. To grow in a healthy way. I don't know about you, but I want my life to grow in a healthy way. I want every single part of my life to grow in a healthy way. I want my future family to thrive. I want the youth of this generation to thrive. So how do we thrive as a church? How do we grow healthily? So these are the four, the three elements of a thriving church, all right? So Acts chapter two. Bear with me, all right? This is quite a passage, all right? But if we dig into this, we're gonna see so much truths for our lives today and so many practical applications for our lives today. It says, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. This is Peter. He just preached a message to where 3,000 people just gave their lives to Jesus Christ. And let me give you a backstory to this. They just literally received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus literally just ascended, just ascended into heaven a few days before then. And now, Jesus is nowhere to be found, but the Holy Spirit, who Jesus promised, came and filled the disciples. And one of those is Peter. And I don't know why I want to say this, but Peter literally just denied Jesus a few days back. He denied Jesus. Some of you guys are like, how can God choose Peter? God chose Peter even though he denied him. That's crazy. And that speaks to me. 
God wants to choose you and God wants to use you. So let's keep going. That's what happened. So 3,000 people were added that day. 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. 3,000 people were filled by the Holy Spirit. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Can we keep going? All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And I love this verse. And God and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This right here is the manuscript of what a church should look like. And in here we see three key elements that I want to break down. So if you're taking notes, the first one is a thriving church is number one, devoted to the gospel. Okay? Devoted to the gospel. It says there that they were devoted to the disciples' teaching. Who was the disciple? Peter. Peter was one of them. And what were they teaching? They were teaching the gospel. And what is the gospel? I can sum it up very easily. The life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Peter just lived his whole life. No, Peter just, just went through a complete drastic change in his life. And in the last three years, he walked with Jesus. And in those three years, he witnessed the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ firsthand. You imagine what that is? To see the life, the death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So he was just telling them what they saw. He was just sharing with people what he saw with his own eyes. And let me tell you, today, that same message has as much relevance as it did then, as it does now. The same significance. What does it mean to be devoted? Definition of devoted is to be given to the display, the study, and the discussion. Are we doing that? Are we given to the display, given to the study, and given to the discussion of the gospel? Of the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In that same passage, it says that the people that were hearing Peter preach, it says that they were cut to the heart. Let me ask you something. When you hear the words of Jesus, when you hear about the message of Jesus, does it cut you to the heart? Does it affect you deeply? Because this message is our message. There's no other message in this place. There's no other message that has power. Let me tell you that. We move on the authority of the gospel. That's what we move on. That's what fuels us. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. 
Let me tell you something. I never get tired of hearing the gospel. Every time we make a call, every time we pray that prayer, it's, it's so refreshing to hear. Christ lived. He came. God came. He died for me, taking my place. And he resurrected from the dead to show his authority over death. His authority over sin. That sin no longer reigns in your life and my life anymore. We are no longer slaves to sin, but we are alive in Christ Jesus. This is the message. This is all that matters. Because in there we find life. You don't see the apostles. I love what Paul says. He says, I have resolved for one thing. He's like, I, I only care about one thing. I only care about telling you guys one thing. That's Christ Jesus and him crucified. He's like, all that other stuff doesn't really matter. I want to know one thing. I want to fall in love with this one thing more and more. I want it to change my life. Let me tell you, we never graduate from the gospel. We don't move into deeper things. It doesn't get deeper than the gospel. The blood of Jesus has enough power to, to take and completely transform your life. When Jesus said, it is finished, there's nothing we can add to that. God said, it is finished. And I'm taking some time on this because this is so key, guys. Let's not get distracted by many political policies. Let's not get distracted by other messages that are out there, what's going on in the world today. Let's just preach and display the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the vision that God wants for this church and this place. Amen? Number two. A thriving church is filled with the Holy Spirit and the power of God. What I'm telling you guys is basic things, but such key things that we need to remember always. I had a conversation the other day about the Holy Spirit. And if we don't understand who the Holy Spirit is in our lives, we're going to get stuck in our lives. We're going to get stuck in our faith. When we don't understand that the Holy Spirit lives in us and he reminds us of the gospel and he teaches us all things and he has enough power for you to help you live this life, we're going to stay stuck. So I don't know where you are today. I don't know if you feel stuck in your life. I don't know if you feel stuck in your walk. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? God freely gives it to us. God freely gives the Holy Spirit to us. He is in us who have believed in Christ Jesus. So, I don't know about you guys, but when I go to a restaurant and they give you those appetizers, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Not even the appetizers, the starters. I'm talking about Cheesecake Factory. I'm talking about Texas Roadhouse. You know those places that give you the, the, the little filler stuff? What's another, what's another one of those spots? There's Olive Garden. 
with the breadsticks. Where else? Red lobster. Red lobster, those cheese breads. So good. La carreta, when they give you the tostada. They know what they're doing, man. The, my, my weakness is, is, is Cheesecake Factory. That, there I leave eating everything. There's so many things on that menu, man. It's crazy. And on top of that, they give you this, the best bread. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. All right. What? <laughs> but listen, I don't know about you, but I'm guilty of eating that whole thing. If it's by myself, I will eat the whole thing of, of bread that they give, that they give me. And on top of that, I have to order an entree, right? So I come off full of the bread, and I have to order an entree now. Does any, anybody, anybody do that? Anybody get full off, off the bread at, at Cheesecake Factory or at Red Lobster? It's bomb, man. At, at Texas Roadhouse. But listen, then they bring this amazing piece of meat, and I'm too full to eat it. The bread cost them what? Two cents. And then I don't get to enjoy what I really came for. Because the truth is, you don't go to a place to eat that. But you get distracted. You get distracted. And guess what? You get full off of that. Or Some of you guys are soda drinkers or water drinkers. And you just... Or some of you guys just get impatient and you eat everything in the house or in the fridge. This is what we do in our spiritual life too. We get full off the wrong things. I love this verse. Can we go to Ephesians 5.18? It says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. See, I wasn't talking about wine. But wine does what? Wine makes you happy. Wine gets you merry and cheer. Some of us, we are constantly filled by the distractions in our lives. Guilty as charged. When we go to our phones, they know what they're doing. When we understand that there's something called dopamine, every time you get a text, every time you get a like, Every time you scroll and you can't stop, there's a dopamine rush that rushes to your brain. There's, it's crazy. And we get filled off of what they're doing. We get filled off of comparing our lives, off of entertainment. I've been talking about Netflix a lot lately, but I'm going to just say it. Some of us are just filled. We can't. Stop going to the next episode. They even stopped that button that says, are you still watching? There used to be a button that says, are you still watching? They took it away completely. They know you're still watching. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something that, that, that we need to understand. The Holy Spirit already lives in us who have believed in Christ Jesus. This is what the Bible says. But we need to constantly be filled with the Spirit. What does that mean? To be aware of His presence in us. To be aware of how 
the Holy Spirit is guiding us in our everyday lives, are we listening? Do we even want to listen to him? The Bible says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Let us not grieve the Holy Spirit. Let's listen to him. And I'm not preaching to, to you guys. Listen, I'm preaching to myself first. It's so key that we walk filled by the Holy Spirit every day. Every day. This is how, what the church looks like. This is what the vision looks like. This is how we move the gospel with boldness. And be filled with the power of God. God is powerful. Sometimes we, we forget it. You know, we move this. We've become a very logic filled and I need to see it to believe it. There's a supernatural world that is just as real as the flesh on my bones. It's real, guys. It's real. And God wants to intervene. God has given us power over the, the strongholds and the struggles in our lives to heal the sick. Power, guys. This is what the church looks like. And God gives that to us, guys. We don't do this on our own. God is the one that has given you the power. The last one. Number three. A thriving church is united by love. It says that they had everything in common. Everything. They shared everything. That sounds weird. I don't want to share my toothbrush with nobody. No, I'm just kidding. I doubt they were sharing. Maybe they didn't even have toothbrushes back then. But let me tell you something. We live in the American dream society where we build on our own. We want to build in our own plots. That's not what we were called for, guys. The goal of, for your life and the purpose for your life is not for you. Let me say that again. Your purpose is not for you. Whenever God does something with people, he does it for a group of people. He does it so you can love others. He does it with others in mind. So God doesn't want to just change you. He wants to change your family. He wants to change your neighborhoods, your cities, and your nation. Come on. So we need to stop thinking so individualistic. And that's the reality of it. We have started building for us. And let me tell you what happened in the Tower of Babel. They were building, building at it. They didn't get nowhere. God confused them. You're not building for anything. You need to build your purpose and your life on Jesus Christ and for others. We exist as the church to serve others. Let's not get caught up in the American dream, guys. It's not what it's cut out to be. It's not. It's not. So the purpose is for others. God wants you to, to love others. God, God has done such a powerful work in us, and he wants to give that same love to others. 
God has been so good to me. God has saved me from so much. He's forgiven me of so much. He wants to do the same in others. Let's not get selfish, guys. Let's not get selfish. This is not the time. This is not the time for us to build in our fences, to build our fences higher. No, guys. It says they met together. Invite people into your homes. Share life with others. We are a family. You cannot do this life on your own. And that's why growth track, that's why T-groups are so important. Join a community. You cannot do this life on your own, guys. The Christian life is not meant to be walked alone. You say, oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm serving God. I'm loving God. No. We need to love others. Our purpose. You might say, oh, I don't know. I, I'm just living my everyday life. God has not called you to just work a nine to five every single day. There's nothing wrong with nine to fives. But God has not called you to just use your days and your hours and just build for yourself. What is the purpose that God wants for you? And that's why we have the growth track to help you find out four weeks to help you discover what is your purpose? What are the gifts that God has given you? And I'll close with this. These are the three elements of a thriving church. Number one, devoted to the gospel. A thriving church is devoted to the gospel. A thriving church is filled with the Holy Spirit and the power of God. And the thriving church is united by love. And what is the result of this? We're going to impact the world, guys. If we walk in this, there is nothing we cannot do, guys. There is no place we cannot reach. There is no life that cannot be changed. There is no darkness that is too dark for the light that is the light of the church, the light of the world. We are the light of the world. We, we have to stop complaining, guys. Oh, the generation is going to... to I don't even want to... We're complaining so much, but you are the change. God has called you. God has called us to walk as the church, as his chosen people. We are the solution. Nobody else is coming. So if we see the next generation and we see, oh, look, it happens. It's on our watch. And I don't mean to scold. I'm talking to myself. We have to stop complaining, guys. We have to start being the church. This is who God wants us to be, guys. So some of you guys here are walking in this, man. And that's amazing. Some of us were hearing this and I'm like, oh. God shows us these things. And God lovingly corrects us as a father. And maybe today you realize something areas in your heart that you need to give to God and that's good give it to God trust him with that maybe some of you guys have realized I don't have a relationship with God 
I don't know about this God that you're telling me. I don't know the Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't understand the gospel. That powerful message is for you and is for me. Jesus Christ died for us. He took our place. All we have to do is believe in him. Believe in him and you will be saved. So if today you want to make that decision, I want you guys to close your eyes. And you want to say, Jesus, I'm tired of living my life for me. I'm tired of being far from you, God. I'm tired of not knowing you. I want to know you, God. And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross for my sins. For rising again and defeating sin and death so that I can have eternal life. Today, I choose to believe in you. And I want you to be my Lord. I surrender my life to you. I want you to be my savior and my hope. And in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen, God. Can we just stand to our feet? If today you realize and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and convicting you and showing you things that you may not be living in the way God has called you to. Maybe there's certain shifts that you need to make in your life. Today is the day. Choose to trust him. He is so good and he is so loving. And he wants what's best for you. God, our Father loves us. God, our Father loves us. Let's worship right here. And in, in this time of worship, I just want you to just meditate on that. And say, God, do a work in me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and your love. Let's worship, guys.
thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing in every single life here, my God. You love us so much, God. As high as the heavens is your love for us, God. There's nothing that can separate us from your love in Christ Jesus. Lord, we are united by these truths, God. We are united by love. We are united by your message, Lord, that you died for our sins and rose again. Lord, help us to love one another. And Lord, help us be who you want us to be, God. Holy Spirit, have your way, Lord. May we be, may we be those bricks that you build your life upon. Those bricks that you build your church upon. And nothing can stop your power, Lord. Now, I ask, Lord, for every single person in this place that may be struggling maybe in their faith, maybe in their minds, Lord, I pray that you give them grace and you give them peace, Lord, and love. Peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.